other side of midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. On Sunday, we have the big Tunnel to Towers walk, raising money for the Stephen Siller Foundation. And I have to tell you, I am looking at my fundraising total right now, and I am only $20 short of our goal. Only $20. So I would ask you, please, uh, give us, give me $20 so I don't drive myself crazy and don't fall short of our goal. You can go to walk.othersideofmidnightshow.com walk.othersideofmidnightshow.com and you'll help some uh, very needy families. Thank you to everyone who has donated so far. Neil Schimler, Rocco Rosado, Susan Widener, Donna Jahir, Jackson and Peyton Rosado, Janae Natali. Thank you to everybody that's donated, including all of the many donors that have donated anonymously. Mary Coffey made a generous donation, as did Terrence McCafferty. But if you could spare $20 to help the family members of our fallen servicemen, it would mean a great deal. So please go to walk.othersideofmidnightshow.com. All right, we've got Ask Frank Anything. Whatever you have questions about, bring them on, as long as they're new, at least for the first half. We want new questions, interesting questions. We have some fun prizes that you'll have a chance to win and hopefully some great discussion that you'll be talking about all weekend long. 800-848-WABC if you have questions. 800-848-9222. Ask Frank anything in a moment. A great show overall, though. Elliot Gordon and the author of a book about Anchorman coming up a little later as well. I also want to thank my friend Sid Rosenberg for having me on his program this morning in the 8 o'clock hour where they have a huge audience and I've actually been blown away at the number of people that reached out to me, even people that said they didn't agree with what I was saying and I really appreciate that because keep in mind, 8 a.m. for me is like midnight or 2 o'clock in the morning for most people. I'm usually sound asleep at that time and I'm glad to see a lot of people thought that I was coherent. If you didn't get to hear that interview, if you want to hear the whole thing, you can go to wabcradio.com. But my thanks to Sid Rosenberg for inviting me on and for saying such nice things. Beam me up! To be continued. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Tomorrow, everyone, this is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Yesterday, a senior Adams administration official said that the city is preparing to ask a judge to exempt newly arrived migrants from its right to shelter mandate, which requires the city to provide a bed to anyone 
who asks for one. The deputy mayor for Health and Human Services, Ann Williams-Issam, said, quote, we're back in court next week to really say, I don't think that the right to shelter, as it was originally written, should be applied to this humanitarian crisis in its present form. That's what she told WNYC's Brian Lair. Her remarks signal a potentially very complicated legal battle around the city's 40-year-old right to shelter mandate, which could have broader implications for illegal aliens and their access to safety net services. Now, just to give you a little bit of the recent history, the city first sought to change the law in May as thousands of migrants arrived in New York City each month. It has since spent weeks locked in court-ordered negotiations with the state and the Legal Aid Society, which represents homeless. New Yorkers in hopes of reaching a compromise. Homeless advocates and progressive Democrats have vigorously opposed rolling back the right to shelter, which has been credited with minimizing street homelessness. But as more migrants arrive in the city, Mayor Adams and the governor have expressed growing concern that the right to shelter mandate has become an unsustainable policy. This is something that I wish the mayor had done a year ago, but I'm glad he's doing it. And this is something that honestly the whole city should be behind him on. Everyone always talks about doing away with sanctions city status, doing away with sanctuary city status. That's important, but the urgent need, the way that we can stop having thousands of people come here each week who all expect everything to be paid for them, the way that we can do away with that now is to do away with this right to shelter law. This is not what this consent decree was intended to do. It was intended to provide housing for New Yorkers that had fallen on tough times, not for people anywhere in the world. So I am glad the mayor's office is doing this. This is something I don't care. I didn't vote for the mayor and I don't care if you didn't vote for him either. This is something that every New Yorker should be supportive of, in my opinion, especially, by the way, if you're a homeless New Yorker, because a lot of these beds in homeless shelters are beds that would otherwise be going to you. So whether you're middle class, upper class or you don't have any class, We should be supportive of what the mayor is trying to do here. Again, I just wish it had taken place a bit earlier. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. I want to begin this hour with a public service announcement for all murderers and for all police officers. If you're a police officer, make sure if the person you're arresting asks for a lawyer, you get them one, period. If you're a murderer, if you're arrested for any crime, whether you did it or not, you absolutely need to ask for an attorney right away and not say anything until that attorney comes. Fascinating case out of New Jersey where a murder conviction has been reversed because detectives didn't honor a suspect's request for an attorney. An Irvington man serving 40 years in prison for killing a man during a robbery is now going to get a new trial because detectives did not cease his police interrogation when he asked for a lawyer. A jury convicted Carlos McLean in late 2018 in the death of Jonathan Vargas Matildas, who a gunman shot in the back when he ran from a holdup behind an Irvington pizzeria where he worked. Matildas was 
a 27-year-old Mexican immigrant. Two other people were with Matildas, and two other young men were with McLean. Prosecutors contend McLean, who's now 32, was the gunman. Testimony throughout the case differed as to whom allegedly did what. In a police interview, McLean acknowledged he, Dorian Moody, and another man were driving around that night looking to jump out and do a quick robbery. The third man fired a revolver at Matildas, according to McLean. The third man is identified in the appeals decision, but he was never charged in the crime, so press reports haven't mentioned him. Another of the victims identified McLean as the shooter, but the pizzeria owner said Moody was the person who committed the homicide. Moody took a plea deal, by the way, for robbery and a firearm charge and is currently serving a 14-year prison term. So McLean repeated at trial his statements to police after the judge denied his lawyer's motion to suppress his statements to detective. The judge was wrong. The jury should never have heard McLean's version of events. That's not according to me. That's according to the appeals court. Two Essex County prosecutors' detectives repeatedly failed to conclude McLean's key second interview in which he placed himself at the crime after he asked for a lawyer. The lesson here is, if you're arrested, ask for a lawyer. Do not speak to law enforcement unless you have an attorney present. If you're a cop, make sure that guy has a lawyer because even if he confesses, there's a good chance that's going to be overturned. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, another day and another release of Hudson County, New Jersey mayors backing former Governor Jim McGreevy to be the next mayor of Jersey City. According to David Wildstein of the New Jersey Globe, it is now up to nine mayors who have put out support for him out of the 12 in Hudson County. Among those, though, who have not yet endorsed Governor McGreevy, Jersey City Mayor and 2025 gubernatorial candidate Steve Fulop. And obviously, you know who else hasn't endorsed McGreevy? The voters of Jersey City. Or even, technically, McGreevy himself, since he hasn't declared his candidacy, even though, by all indications, it's looking more and more like he's running. He's still doing a lot of great re-entry work while having the bulk of the Hudson County Democratic organization back his candidacy before he even announces it. Just because the Democratic organization backs you in a city like Jersey City, that doesn't necessarily guarantee victory. Jersey City elections are nonpartisan. I wish New York City's elections were nonpartisan. I'd uh, love to see that. I've been fighting that for that for a long time. There won't be a county line, and a lot of times it can be hard to remember because Steve Fulop became such a big player in the local Democratic machine. But his political rise as a councilman for the very gentrified Ward E in Jersey City was actually opposed by the Democratic organization bosses at the time. There are several other people who've been floating as mayoral candidates as well. Council President Joyce Waterman, Council Member James Solomon, Hudson County Commissioner Bill O'Day, just to name a few. I have to tell you, I have been following Jim McGreevy's work for the last few years now. I've even read his book. I've gotten to know him a little bit. He's been a guest on this show. I think he would be a terrific mayor of Jersey City. I think this would be a great comeback story for somebody that's dedicated the bulk of his life to public service. Did he make some mistakes 20 years ago? Absolutely. Should that keep him from ever serving the public again? I don't think so. I think he's more than made up for it. And I'll tell you, if Jim McGreevy runs for mayor of Jersey City, he's certainly going to have my support. Beam me up! To be 
continued.